and welcome to the Scouting Books Podcast, the podcast for YA fiction lovers of all ages. In this episode, we'll be reviewing These Violent Delights and Geekerella, as well as doing the cozy Christmas book tag. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. This is episode six, I believe. <laughs> I'm not completely sure on that, but I think it's six. Today, we are here. Again, I'm Scout. I didn't introduce myself. I'm Scout. This is my mom. Hey. If you have never listened to the podcast before. Um, and today, we're going to be talking about some fun things. So we're actually not going to be talking about any new releases coming out this week because there's not really many YA hmm. releases coming out this week. There are a lot coming out the week after Christmas, so like the 28th. And we will not be having an episode going up on Christmas Eve. So we'll talk about some of those next week, but we don't have any to talk about today. Mm-hmm. So we're going to be doing our reviews, which we didn't do last week. And then we're going to be doing a fun Christmas book tag and answering some questions based on Christmas Eve things. So we're going to go straight into our book reviews now. And mom is going to do hers first. Okay. So um, the most recent young adult book I read, I just finished yesterday, I believe. Yay. And um, at, you know, as the, as the year winds down, I'm trying to get a lot of books read. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to read Well, I'm down now only got four books read to get to my, um, my goal. So who knows? I might get past my goal, but, yeah. um, so one of my strategies when I'm trying to read a lot is to read shorter books or books mm-hmm. that, you know, aren't really complicated, maybe Romances. they're kind of simple books that are easy to read. And so with that in mind, I read Geekerilla by Ashley Poston. Poston, I think is how and you say the last name. This is a book that Scout has and Because of course I do. Yes. And because <laughs> so sometimes when I need a book, I can just come in and go to Scout's bookshelf and like, what should I read? My my <laughs> bookshelves are basically a young adult library. So if you are in the mood for something, maybe a little bit lighter than adult books, you yeah. can just come to my room and find probably anything. That's true. So I had Geekerilla on my list and I knew Scout had it. So I decided to read it and I really liked it. It was super fun. Again, not a super serious book. And I I read it in a day, so it was it's short. I will say before you start talking about it more, mm-hmm. I am pleasantly surprised that you liked this book so like mm-hmm. more than I thought you were going to. Yeah. Because if you guys have ever seen this book, the word I can use to describe it, I'm not being mean, but the name of it's Geekerella, it's a little cringy. You know, yeah. the cover is maybe a little bit, it looks maybe a little bit more mm-hmm. like a middle grade novel than yeah, like what I was considering adult yeah. novel. And so going into it, I think the idea sounds so cute, yeah. but I think this was a situation where I judged a book by a cover a little bit, even yeah. though I own this book. Like right. I, obviously yeah. I don't care that much, Yeah. but I'm glad that you like it. Cause I've heard yeah. some people say that like the cover kind of makes them feel the same way about mm-hmm. the book, about it kind of being a little bit more like juvenile, but juvenile isn't always a bad thing. No. And I think you would actually like it a lot. Mm-hmm. It's a super cute little romance and I like the characters a lot. And I think you mm-hmm. would like the characters too. So um, the title kind of uh, shows you actually kind of two different themes or ideas of this mm-hmm. book geekerella so first off it's a play on the word cinderella so yes. it has an evil stepmother and it has a father who's passed away and it has two stepsisters who are not very nice speaking of cinderella this is so random guys but yeah. i love another cinderella story and I bought it the other day on Amazon Prime. And I was just thinking about how much I love Cinderella retellings. And mm-hmm. I don't read them really yeah. as much based on just how much I love watching them. Anyways, the point is, I'm going to add a question to this episode and ask you what your favorite Cinderella retelling is. <laughs> because I want to know. Because I wa- I made my friend watch all of them with me. Right. So now I want to know what your well, favorite is. Well, and Geekerella, the book, is mm-hmm. like just like one of the Cinderella stories without music. Amazing. Without a music. Not all of them have music. Not without a musical competition at the end of it, which I feel like. (laughs) That's another Cinderella story. It's a dance competition, (laughs) mom. But this one is 
I felt like I was watching another Cinderella yeah. story kind of because it's like, or a Cinderella story because it's very much, it has all the tropes that mm -hmm. the Cinderella story has. So, um, so it is a Cinderella retelling, I guess, in a way, but it's also the story of like fandoms. And I guess one reason I like this book too is because I'm a big, like, I'm a geek. We love fandoms. I love fandoms. We are parts of yes. lots of fandoms. So I love sci fi. So I love Star Trek and I love Star Wars and I love Firefly and mm -hmm. I love Doctor Who and I love Harry Potter and I love all these, you know, Marvel. And I'm kind of like, a geek that way, I guess. Yeah. And so this is a cute little, uh, cute little romance about the two main characters are Elle and Darian. And so Elle is um, the Cinderella in the story. Mm -hmm. Elle. Okay. Yeah. And she, her father started a con, a comic con kind of convention for science fiction fans. He's passed away now, but she loved watching the show called Starfield with him growing up. Mm -hmm. And they're doing a reboot of Starfield yeah. with some new characters. And she writes on a blog also about Starfield. Okay. Mm -hmm. So this, so and, she's a big fan. Yeah. She's a big fan. And then Darian is this kind of it guy actor who is on this teen, uh, soap opera. Okay. Mm. So like maybe like, Think like Riverdale, like Riverdale. Yes. Okay. And, um, he gets cast as the captain. Mm. And so she's like, oh, L is like not dude. happy about this because she's like, he is not who I picture. He's not going to be good. He's not really a fan. Well, it ends up that they, because he actually is a fan, but he doesn't really want people to know it so much because he's trying to kind of just go by this persona of like the hot soap opera guy, yeah. hot, hot teen throb. He, he finds out, he finds the number of the man who founded this comic Con, this convention dials the number well he's passed away he doesn't really know mm -hmm. anyway it ends up that he ends up texting l and they are texting each other without really knowing who each other mm. is and he in turn has read the blog where the person is criticizing him mm. and it's her it's all the same they person. end up texting and they text for quite a while they protect throughout the whole filming of the movie this sounds like a cinderella story featuring hillary duff i'm saying it is it's that one it is this is that I one that. but at a comic-con too yes it's exactly but anyway, it's very sweet and I mm -hmm. like them a lot. And I really like one part of that I love about Cinderella story and another Cinderella story is I just want that stepmother to get her comeuppance because she's yeah. awful. Yeah. You know, and so the same thing happens with us. I'm like, why are you letting her treat you this way? Like, why is, how is this mother, this stepmother being so awful? It's the same thing in this book. Like, she's mm -hmm. just awful. But there's also a really great side character. Um, She works for this vegan food truck, a pumpkin, nice. the pumpkin <laughs> truck. So it's like the pumpkin. Yeah. It's like this van, you know, yeah. food truck. So there's lots of cute little analogies. It's really cute. I liked it a lot. I actually think you, you like need it. to get past the cover and, and read it. You would like it. All right. So this is kind of funny that mom just talked about a retelling of sorts because mm -hmm. I am also talking about a retelling. So um, I literally finished this about two minutes ago. <laughs> um, well, I guess we've been filming for seven yeah, minutes. 30 about minutes nine ago. minutes ago. Nine no, I literally minutes. finished it when you walked into my room. Nine minutes ago. No, I'm serious. Okay. Like actually nine minutes ago, I finished it. So I put it down when you came into my room. It's very fresh in your mind. Very fresh on my mind. So um, this book is These Violent Delights by Chloe Gong. I talked about the sequel coming out for one of our new releases um, in one of our podcast episodes last month. And now, guys, I have to get it because I loved this book. So this is a Romeo and Juliet retelling. 
and it's set in the 1920s in Shanghai. So you've got a very different setting, but um, a lot of the, the things about the main character, some things are similar, but they also feel like completely different characters. Like reading this book, what I look for in retellings is I don't want the characters to feel the same. I just want parts of the plot to feel similar. So I really appreciated that these characters felt like different characters from Romeo and Juliet. So um, this, this book, like I said, it's set in the 1920s in Shanghai and it follows Juliet and Roma. And Juliet is spelled differently than the original Juliet. Oh. So that's, it's spelled yeah. with T-E. Because I think the original yeah. is spelled just with a T it's at the end. Yeah. yeah, it's just so, um, So this is about Juliet and Roma. And they are both the heirs of these, like, huge violent gangs in Shanghai. So the White Flowers and the Scarlet Gang. Hmm. So um, Juliet is the heir to the Scarlet Gang. And Roma is the heir to the White Flowers. And at the beginning of the novel, we know that Juliet has been away in America for a couple years and has finally come back to kind of take her spot as the heir of this gang. And when we get back, we also learn pretty quickly that Roma and Juliet, when they were younger, when they were like 15, 16, had this intense romance um, where they were like so in love. And then Roma did something awful mm. that um, broke their relationship. Right. Um, and nobody knew that they had this romance because it was obviously like, very scandalous that the heirs of these gangs that are supposed to hate each other and kill each other all the time are in love. Yes. And so Juliet leaves after this awful thing that Roma does. And when she comes back, there is this madness. They just call it the madness hmm. and it's taking over Shanghai. And it's basically the guys, the like villainous thing happening in this novel is so interesting and weird and it hmm. gets gruesome at points and it can be kind of disturbing to where you feel a little like uneasy about it um so basically the thing that's happening this thing called the madness there is a monster that people are saying they're seeing go right. through the rivers huh. and when it goes to the river and it sees you you go mad and start trying to claw your own throat out so people are yeah. dying by literally taking their fingers and clawing their throats out. They just start huh. scratching and itching so much that they can't stop. And that's how people are dying. And um, Juliet and Roma ultimately figure out they have to put their past aside for the, um, for the, better the of betterment the... of their gangs. Yes. Because it's targeting mostly gang members. And it's killing like so many of their population but none of the other people in their gang want them to collaborate in any way so they have to do it behind the backs of everybody with the help of some of their best friends and i loved this book so much guys chloe gong this was her debut novel right she is only she's only 22 now oh my gosh. and i think this book was released in 2020 wow so she was probably literally about 20 or 21 when this book came out it's her debut novel and the writing is like amazing <laughs> Yeah, when people do stuff like this, you feel like you are just, like, totally inadequate. She <laughs> is just amazing. Yeah. And so her writing was great. That was one of the best parts about this book. Mm. And all of the characters felt so vivid and, like, you could truly imagine them as people. And they all are so layered and have lots of issues. They're all yeah. so morally gray, especially Juliet. Mm -hmm. Juliet's our main girl, and she has kind of realized that she cannot be this like meek personality she has mm. to like stand up for herself and she is ruthless yeah. she murders people huh. all the time wow. she does what she has to do to get by and roma is different he also mm. kills people but he doesn't really want to and juliet does not feel the need to feel bad about it at all mm. so they're all very layered 
Um, it and sounds like just a really neat also it is. retail. The like romances ended up being very nice. I enjoyed uh -huh. them. There are some really great side characters. Yeah, do you have like Mercutio and Benvolio yes, and any so, of those? Yes, um, so literally the two side characters mm -hmm. from Roma's side yeah. are Benedict and oh, Marshall. I love it. So, um, Mercutio and Benvolio. Yep, so Benedict is his cousin. Yes. And Marshall is one of their best friends. I love it. And they're two of my favorite side characters. Mm -hmm. And then on... Um, on Juliet. Juliet's side, mm -hmm. you have Rosalind uh -huh. and Kathleen. Okay. And Kathleen was amazing. And also, what I think was really cool about this is that she added representation for a lot of the main characters are either Asian because they're in Shanghai right. or they're Russian. Those are like the two kinds yeah. that they have. And then she also adds a lot of LGBTQ rep and mm -hmm. makes it seem realistic and cool set in the 1920s. So like right. Kathleen is a trans woman and uh -huh. they totally accept her. And Benedict and Marshall are both something. We know they're something. Yeah, yeah. And uh -huh. I just thought this book was amazing. And oh my gosh, guys, it ended on a huge cliffhanger oh, no. the biggest of cliffhangers so, i've read in a very long time but luckily the sequel is out so i will read it soon follow the romeo and juliet kind of like like timeline or not or does it just um is it just mostly the idea of the characters and the rival gangs and yes them? No. that's kind of hard to say though because like i said they're having like this intense love affair that's like secret mm -hmm. But it also is two books rather than being okay. one book. So the timeline is obviously different. Okay. I've heard people say the second book leans more into almost the ending mm. part of it. Oh, gosh. The second book is called Our Violent Ends. Do we um, want, are they both going to kill themselves who without knowing knows? the other person is doing it? Who knows? So <laughs> I am planning on reading that very soon because yeah. I loved the first one so much. And I so highly recommend you guys read this. If you like Six of Crows, I think mm -hmm. you would love it. It doesn't have that same feel of like as much of Close as a Found Family. You kind of get it with the... Marshall Benedict and Roma side. Mm. Um, but the entirety of like the gangs and the morally gray characters feels very similar to Six of Crows. And it like Six of Crows doesn't say it's set in the past, but it kind of has the feel that it is. Yeah. It so I, I think um they are pretty compatible. If you yeah. liked one, you're probably gonna like the other. I just recommend this book so much. I gave it five stars. I loved it. I thought it was amazing, and I cannot wait to get to the second one. So now we are going to be going in to our book tag. I'm excited about this one. So this book tag is called the, let me get the exact name, the Cozy Christmas Book Tag. And this hmm. is on YouTube a lot. So you can go watch videos if you'd like to. The creator of it was Call Me After Coffee um, on YouTube if you yeah. want to see the original video. So there's eight questions for this tag, but we're only going to do seven because one of them you have to be able to see the things mm -hmm. that is happening. And right. obviously you cannot see us right now. And can um, we also just say that we're just, we haven't researched these questions. No, that's what I was about to say. We so, have not gone over them. Yeah, we Except just to quickly see them. We haven't discussed them with each other. So, so we're we just don't know what our answers our are going to be, um, which is interesting. So <laughs> I hope I can come up with answers. We're just going to go for it. Okay. So the first question. So basically the idea of this tag is there are prompts that are basically a Christmas item um, mm -hmm. that you would have. And then a question based on that item. Okay. So the first one, the first prompt is twinkling lights. Okay. I love Christmas lights. They're all over my yes. bookshelf. And the question for this one is what is the most beautiful book you own? Because oh, obviously twinkling lights make things so pretty. Yes, they do. I, I love have, twinkly lights. I have an answer that comes to my mind right away. Okay. Because I think it is one of the most gorgeous books ever. Um, and I, I'm going to answer two, but this okay. is the main one. So the book I'm thinking of, I can see it on my bookshelf right now. It's called The Nature of Witches oh, yeah, by Rachel Griffin. One. And the cover is so pretty, guys. It's like this this girl throwing her hair back and her hair is flying and there's um, fall leaves falling all over the place. And the background is like a cool, a cool purple color. But really what's best about this book is when you peel back the dust jacket, it is like 
this beautiful design of flowers and leaves and it's just so pretty and i also like how it feels it's like soft and smooth and then another one that comes to mind is sky hunter by marie lou for similar reasons mm -hmm. because it is another one where when you peel back the cover it's like so pretty and the pages are like sprayed to say the name of it on the side it's really yeah, pretty cool. but i don't know if i'd call sky hunter pretty I would more call it like it's really cool. Like mm -hmm. it's a really cool cover. Right. But I think Nature of Witches is the prettiest cover I own. Yeah. I think it's absolutely gorgeous. Do you have an answer for this? I don't really because I can't look at my book. It's hard for me to think, think of answers when my books aren't in front of me. You but, can look at my books well, if you I want. Gonna, All the young adult books are here. I was going to say that. If I'm thinking twinkly lights, I am really attracted to these covers that have like gold or silver on the covers. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of times they're under the book jacket. Yeah. Um, and they have like um splayed edges or they have like mm -hmm. colored edges. Like I love like the gold and the silver um so, you know mm -hmm. pages. Yes, like sprayed edges. Yeah. And I think those are very and they're very twinkly when they're silver they are or gold. Twinkly. Like, the, very, like the ones true. you have, I guess some you have some special edition Lee Bardugo. Those are not even special editions. That okay. is just what the under the dust jacket, we're looking at books on my shelf right yeah. now, by the way. That's just what King of Scars and Rule of Wolves looks like under the dust jacket. Okay. Like well, the then, OG ones. I would call those so pretty. I would call those twinkling light covers. I would also call them twinkling light covers. So there are answers. Nature of Witches by Rachel Griffin and Mom said the King of Scars duology by Lee Bardugo. Yes. Okay, so the second Second one is the perfect tree. Will you mm. pay more to get the prettiest edition of a book you can find? And this is an easy answer for us. Yes. Yes. I will pay whatever it costs to get my favorite edition of a book. I and I stand by that. I absolutely yes. We'll pay more because aesthetics are aesthetics. very and also I like to uh purchase multiple copies of a book that I love. Mm -hmm. I have I do no that shame well. in that just because I've read it does not mean I shouldn't own multiple copies. Mm -hmm. And so if I find a new copy of a book I love and it's really pretty, yes, I will buy it again. Yep. I, I would like to add to this. I also think that a lot of the times you can feel kind of um, a little bit of shame for buying, spending more money on things when you don't need to. No but sense. the idea is Reading, yes, is obviously a hobby and we love reading, but also it's like if you like to own books, it's like also a collection. It is. Right? Like I have a book collection. It's also decor. It's pretty and it's decor and it's a collection and it's, a, it's they're really collector's items. Right. And I was going to actually say this again. You can see some of my special editions of books on the bookshelf across from me. But also today a package came in from Owl Crate that I bought to get this gorgeous edition of a book right. that I have not even read. Yes. I don't need, I don't, I don't, I have no idea if I'm going to like it, Right. but it was so pretty and it had you sprayed edges that were it. my favorite color. Yes. So I bought it. I often say you could have a worse addiction. Exactly. What if I was addicted to drugs? Yes. As a mother. But I'm not. I I'm just spend glad, all my money on books. I'm glad Scout's just addicted to books. Exactly. Okay. Number three is build a snowman. Oh, wait, that's the hmm. one we can't do. I'm going to tell okay. you what the question was. Okay. Basically, you were supposed to make a Christmas book stack that was colors oh, for Christmas, but we can't do that because you cannot see us. No. So number four is crackling fire. What book makes you feel warm and cozy? Ooh, let me, oh, gosh. this one, let you can go a couple this. different ways, right? Yeah. I haven't thought about this at all, um, but idea. you can either pick a book that feels like fall, right? Or you can pick a book that's happy and makes you feel good. Yes. And I think there are different answers for I that. I so too. Um, and, oh, okay. I mean, I could easily do this if I was thinking of adult books, but I'm trying mm. to just think of young. You can answer an adult book. Well, I mean, adult, fine. I would have to say like a Bronte book, mm. you know, or like for me, like a cozy mystery where it's taking place and maybe there's a detective, you know, answering yeah. a question by the fire, the crackling fireplace, mm -hmm. you know, or like a Arthur Conan Doyle, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, Agatha Christie, Charlotte Bronte, 
you know, anything like that, I think definitely feels like, I mean, little women, you know, yeah. there's some Christmas scenes in that they're out playing in the snow sometime. And so I feel like those can kind of give you that wintry kind of feel. Mm -hmm. But then, like you said, there's books that just make you feel good inside. Yeah. Make you and I happy, have one of those. You know, they make you happy. So maybe that's one. Yeah. So I, I have two answers for this and I'm going to repeat myself with the prettiest cover one, The Nature of Witches by Rachel Griffin. This book is like the most fall book I can think of. It takes place in every single season but it has very folklore by taylor swift vibes mm -hmm. if you like taylor swift mm -hmm. um she lives in a cabin in the woods and it's very cozy the writing is very um flowy so no mm -hmm. and really nothing super dramatic happens so it's kind of cozy and you yeah. can kind of just like read it very quickly and that's one that i would think of if you're yeah. wanting like fall feels but a book that makes me feel happy and warm inside is this adventure ends by emma mills i talked about this on our podcast a little bit ago um, for a review, but this book is just all about friendship and about friends and about this girl who meets these new people and wants to do good by them. And it made me feel very happy. It's again, nothing where something, nothing too dramatic happens. Yeah. I feel content inside. And I think that's what makes me feel good is when nothing dramatic and intense and sad is happening. Yeah. Um, and that's a good one for that. I yes. think. Okay. Um, next one, number five, knee high socks. What is the longest book you've read? Oh my oh gosh. My goodness. Well, I mean, back back in the day. Back in the day. I mean, I have read War and Peace and Oh my gosh. Yes, Anna Karenina is I a, could never is a Anna Karenina is a very long book. I mean, it's probably a thousand I don't understand how you did or that. more pages. I'm about to have Moby to Dick, look up how many know. of these how many pages well, books now, I'm thinking of what are. about the Zapatas book? That That's you what read? I was literally about to talk about. Yeah. But I'm gonna talk about two. Okay. So first of all, Cassandra Clare books are very large yes, if you read that's them true, they are. in hardback. And I read Chain of Gold this summer and I'm looking up how many pages it is because I, I don't actually know. It's I mean, I don't think it's like way too many. Five hundred and ninety two. Still pretty big. It's pretty long. But I just read this romance, guys, and I cannot explain to you why I felt the need to read this. Okay. <laughs> so it's a book by Mariana Zapata. And if you know anything about romance, you know Mariana Zapata for some reason writes the longest romance known to man. Um, she I mean, they're just like normal romances, but they're very slow burn. It's very strange to me because I feel like romances should be short. No, wrong. Her books are amazing. <laughs> so my favorite book by her is from Lukov with Love. I freaking love that book. And let's see. In paperback, it's not too long. It's about 500 pages. Okay. But as a romance, that's still really long. Right. But I just read her longest book that she's ever released. <laughs> it's called The Wall of Winnipeg and Me. And let's see how many pages. The, pa the paperback is 672 oh pages. Gracious. For a romance. Yes. That's so um, I did commit myself to that. Which is probably the longest book I've read, and it literally did not take me long at all, which mm -hmm. I feel a little bit like I should be ashamed of that, but I'm not. Well, also, mate, 682 a pages. Reader. I read it on my Kindle, so it didn't feel as long. Yeah. And then I looked up how long the paperback was, because I've seen people holding it on TikTok, and it's like bigger than their faces. It's like huge. I feel like, what's the big book? The Priory of the... Priory of Orange Street? That yes. book's 800 something pages. That, that's, that's a long book. That is, but I've never read it. But yeah. it's, I mean... That one's 860 mm -hmm. pages, and this one is 680 yeah, that's pages. Long. And I did not even realize reading it that it was that long. Well, that's clearly the longest book you've read this yeah, year. Yeah, and probably ever. I don't really read long books, guys. I like yeah. getting through my books quick. Um, I read a lot of, like, 500-page books, but this one was 687. Yeah. So I think that's the longest book I've read. Right. Okay. Well, I'm sticking with Anna Karenina. Well, good for you. I don't know how you did it. 
Okay. I love uh, Anna Karenina. That's I don't get book. it. Number six, Ugly Sweaters. What's the ugliest book you Oh, gosh. Guys, I, I know what yours are. Can I guess what you're going to say? Go ahead. Your Foxhole Court. Yep. Yep. You are so it. correct. Yep. And I, guys, the, okay, so again, this is not a young adult book. It's a new adult book, but I'm going to mention it anyway because I feel like a lot of people who read The Raven Cycle and Six of Crows also read this series, so you probably know what I'm talking about. The Foxhole Court, the All for the Game series by Nora Sakovic. It's like a self-published book. Really problematic. I don't recommend them, but I love them. <laughs> And the original covers of them are the ugliest things ever. They are literally just, oh my God. Mom just looked at the page count for Anna Karenina. It's 864 pages. Okay, so um, the Foxhole Court, the original ones. What else are you looking at? Um, War and Peace pages? 1,225. Jeez, why would you do that to yourself? I like, I like the Russian novel So? Stage. They're good. Okay. That anyway. doesn't mean I want to read twelve hundred pages of well, you don't it. Okay. Have to. So the Foxhole Court <laughs> is—they're basically just these white covers, yeah, with like one logo in the middle. They're just plain white with the logo in the middle, and they're self-published, so they don't look good either. Yeah. So the like the Foxhole Court is just a paw print. We've had this discussion many times though. Why? And they're so ugly. Just because something self-published. There are some beautifully self-published. I know. Books I don't know why now. I just can't make better covers. Yeah. So I literally went and bought dust jackets so that they would look better because yes. they're like my favorite series. And I was like, they're so ugly. Yeah. And I cannot have ugly covers like that. And then I think a notable mention is anything with real people on it. No, I agree with that. So ugly. If it shows their face at least. Like sometimes I can't. Okay, so Nature of Witches, I think, is illustrated, but it kind of almost looks like a mm-hmm. real girl like i think it's illustrated but it looks very real yeah but that's, but it, it looks yeah. completely different that's right not like a romance exactly like two... if you can see their face yeah. and it's a picture a photograph i yeah. hate it i think some of the photograph books where it's like which is kind of a trend with adult books where it's like their backs or maybe their pull nope, like away i still hate it i can handle that nope. depending <laughs> on what the book is no nope. i do not want to just see somebody's face yeah no like for example i read the book the book woman of troublesome Creek. Mm-hmm. I love that book. And it shows like just from the neck down, mm-hmm. but it's more of kind of an artsy. It's a, yeah. it's a pic, it's a photograph, but I think it looks good. I think another notable mention for covers is if it has like, it's got to have a good font. Like sometimes when it's yeah. got a bad font, as the cover, so. it looks like kiddish and childish yeah. and I hate it. Um, and I can't specifically think of one like that now, but I was thinking about, um, pictures on covers mm-hmm. and Casey West is a young yeah. adult author who and does has pictures on covers and I read this one called on the fence which I hate that book by the way guys but I also hate the cover and the the font of it is not good either and mm-hmm. I think it makes it even worse yeah and I think that's why I don't like the cover so much I think it it's like cont- them from the waist down and they're yeah. like legs and then like yeah like I don't like hugging I guess yeah. but I think the font makes it worse Right. So I, no, think, I think so too. I think you can have a bad cover and it gets a bad taste in your mouth before you even read yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. But also that book was just bad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> number seven, Blizzards, a book set in winter hmm. or a book that gives you the chills slash has dark themes. So this well, is like our dark books. We, I just thought we of one. just read Ninth House. I think we just thought of the same one, Ninth House. Yeah. I don't think it's set in the winter, maybe in the fall. It's in the fall. I think it says fall at the beginning of all the chapters. No, some of them say winter. They do? Yes. Oh, okay. I distinctly remember that. Well, I guess a couple of them I say winter for sure, yeah. yeah. Um, but Ninth House is set at a at Yale. Yale? Yeah. And it's very dark. It's dark academia. It's got a lot of dark themes, and it definitely can give you the chills. Um, Mom is going to look at my copy of it right now. Um, you are not on the right shelf. Go left, left, and down. No, it's not on the Lee Bardugo shelf. Down and left. <laughs> it's on the shuffle on my mystery thrillers. Do you see? You're literally looking right at it. <laughs> Go to the left. 
Um, so all of the chapters say like the season it's in. So some of them say sure spring, some of them say summer, winter. some of them say fall. Last fall. I remember fall. Mostly. I remember mostly there's a winter. winter. Yep, so there all you go. Are winter. So I think all the presents are set in the winter, mm -hmm. and then all of the past are set in last fall. So yeah, very winter, very dark themes. Um, like super dark themes. Like if you're gonna read it, please know what you're getting into because it's intense and dark. Um, what else can I think of that's set in the winter? Let's see. Or has dark themes. I feel like I've read a lot of books with dark I, themes. I feel like this isn't dark themes, but it kind of feels wintry of fall. The Secret Life of Addie LaRue. Not the Secret Life. The Invisible Life. life. <laughs> Invisible Life. Also, not a young adult book. <laughs> oh, sorry. Okay. We are, no, so it's okay. We'll We're just that. talking about a lot of adult books, I just realized. Sorry. Any, no. I didn't mean to do that. No, it's fine to talk about adult books. This is a book tag. Get us yeah. out whatever you can get. I feel like any books that have magic and that sort of thing kind of gives like yeah, I agree. wintry kind of vibes. I'm know. looking through my shelves real quick to see if I can come up with anything else I for this question. I read specifically set in winter. Dark themes and winter. This year. Dark themes and also winter. Yes. Um, well, I also think that the entire genre of horror is a really good mm -hmm. recommendation for this one. I can't remember if any of them are specifically set in the winter, but like House of Hollow by Crystal Sutherland right. is maybe the best recommendation I can give for this after Ninth House. Again, I have no idea if this is set in the winter. I think it's actually set. It's either set in the fall or the winter because the main character is at school during it. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it's during the spring. Um, and it's a horror book that has some really creepy dark themes and gets kind of paranormal. So I think this is a really good one for it as well. And it will definitely give you the chills. That book is creepo. Okay. So we are on our very last question. Okay. This is number eight. It's called Home for the Holidays. All right. For the rereaders out there, are there any books that feel like going home? Hmm. And guys, I did we talk about this in my last podcast? Did we talk about this in one of our live videos for Facebook? I think it was a live video. I was talking about how I have anxiety, and we I there's been studies done where it's like people who have anxiety like to rewatch re shows, yeah, yeah, because yeah. It, there's a comfort in knowing how yeah, it ends. So I am a huge fan of rereading. And there are a couple books that I reread every single Aristotle. year. And the main one I can think of is Aristotle and Dante Discover the Secrets of the Universe by Benjamin Aliri Sons. It feels very much like going home. It's very comforting. It's about a teenager who's just like coming of age and like trying to figure himself out. And I think it feels very homey. Um, another one is obviously for me, The Raven Cycle. It feels very much like home to me. I feel like I am personally friends with all of those characters. So those are probably the two that I think of right away. Uh, Mom, do you have any that you feel that really, way about? I don't really reread. It doesn't even have to books. really be rereading. It could yeah. also just be like books that feel homey. Yeah. Books well, that I mean, feel like You home. know, I love Harry Potter books and yep. I've reread them all. No, many that's, times. that definitely counts. I've reread them multiple times. I also, guys, I just thought of one for the last question about a book set in winter. It's not set in, well, yeah, no, it is set in winter. Um, the Scorpio Races by Maggie hmm. C. Vodder is set the entirety of November hmm. and it's very much based around the fact that it's set in November. Yeah. So that's a good one for that as well. Yeah. So there's all of the questions. I fun. think that was fun. That was and fun. that was kind of something fun to fill up a little bit of our time. Yeah. Our next two episodes are going to be kind of wrapping up our year and some of the notable books we've read. Yes. So we're going to have one episode where we talk about our least favorite books. And then our last episode of 2021, we'll be talking about our favorite books of the year. Um, so we those will be coming read up soon. A lot of books this last year yep, between the two of us. We most definitely did. Like almost 200 books between the two of us. Yep. I am currently at 94 and I will get to 100 by the end of the year. I'm so at 75. That's nice. 
And you will definitely get to 80. Yeah. We're going to do so good, guys. Um, So thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. And we will see you guys. Not see you. Listen. You can listen to us. <laughs> you can pretend next you see us. Friday. You can pretend you see us. You can listen to us next Friday when we're going to upload another one. And then remember, we're not going to have a podcast up on Christmas Eve. So you will miss out then. But that's okay. You can celebrate with your family. Yes. Um, please do. Yes. Please have a good time. And happy reading. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye.